Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. I'm excited to introduce you my guest for today's show is Naomi Kao. Naomi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're, you're absolutely welcome. I just want to briefly share that um, we've recently had some, um, you know, quite profound conversations about your journey. And I'll briefly share that um, you started off um, as, um, if we just look at briefly your career, um, started off working as a pharmacist um, and then ventured into setting up a um, business um, working with children, tutoring children educating them, empowering them on their learning journey. But what I really wanted to speak to you is more around what you're starting to do, what's started to open up for you over the past or over the recent, um, in the recent years, which is what you're doing now. And that's um, Divorce Strategist Coach. So I wonder if we can, first of all, go back to a little bit more about your journey coming to Australia, because that that wasn't an easy one. And then we'll navigate our way through. Yes, to current day, yes. Um, So I was uh, born in Vietnam um, after the Vietnam War, and um, my dad was an um, ex-Air Force for the South Vietnam um, uh, Air Force, and uh, and he was captured um, and imprisoned in one of those re-education camps for two years. Um, so when my mum was, she fell pregnant, and she had me when Dad was Im- imprisoned. And shortly after he came out, um, my my mum fell pregnant again with my younger sister, and there were two girls. And you know, both my parents are educated in Vietnam, but after um, it fell to communist regime. Um, they felt that, you know, having girls in Vietnam wasn't going to be, um, a, you know, it, the future wasn't really good for us where, you know, we couldn't have, um, uh, you know, a, an educated upbringing um, and um, so they wanted to escape the regime. And so they decided to escape by boat um, in 1980. Um, so we were one of the early... Um, refugees um, leaving Vietnam and both my parents left for um, political reasons and so we escaped by boat and we were out at sea for three nights and two days um, during which we um, our boat was robbed by Thai fishermen pirates eight times over the course Um, yes so uh, they arrived in Malaysia um, and um, we were picked up by the Australian consulate at that time and uh, and uh, flew over and lived in Victoria um, for a couple of years. So, um, you know, and, and my parents had to start from scratch. Um, they didn't, uh, they knew English um, because both of them were educated in Vietnam. So um, English um um, they spoke English and they started working in a can factory, uh, manufacturing um, factory and, um, and and worked their way up from there. So, And in 1985, they um, had a 
business opportunity for in the textiles industry and um, ended up moving up to Sydney, uh, where I grew up since. And um, so they've raised three kids, uh, three girls, um, put us all through university, um, very strict upbringing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they worked really hard. And I guess as a child, you never really appreciate what your parents did until you became a parent. Mm, yeah. So, um, yeah, so they, they started with nothing and, you know, they, they live in the inner west in Sydney. Um, but a lot of, I guess, what I learned over the years was through the strength um, of my mum. Mm. Um, she was a pillar in our family and... Um, you know, she held the family together and she managed everything on her, you know, with very, um, there was, I guess there was no family support other than my auntie and uncle. Um, but uh, yeah, so mm. much of yeah, what I've learned is through my mum. Just, I mean, one of the things I wanted to ask you is when you were making that treacherous journey from Vietnam to Malaysia, um, yes. How old were you, Naomi? I was four. Oh. Um, you know, so I, I, although I don't remember a lot of the journey, mm. I do remember snippets of it, mm. you know. So I remember sitting by the shoreline in Vietnam, waiting for the boats to mm. come and pick us up. Mm. Um, I remember sitting in a very cramped space. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when the engine died. And they were trying to fix it to, so that we could um, head out to sea because we started getting washed back to shore. Um, I remember when the um, ship sort of like, uh, the pirate ship came and just sort of like nudged into our boat. Mm. Um, I remember my mum, you know, asking me to hold on to her. Um, and, um, and I was, you know, very upset. I remember there was one, I think on the second night, there was a massive, massive storm and we were underneath and there was a tarpaulin above us and my mum, um, placing both my sister and I over her shoulders, you know, with our heads Mm. over her shoulders. And I remember, I can still feel it today, you know, just talking about it now, um, the water gushing mm. behind me, uh, the cold water. So I, I remember snippets mm. um, and I remember snippets of, you know, landing in Malaysia mm. and living in Malaysia for a period of um, a month before mm-hmm. we headed over to Australia. Yeah, so it's interesting what part, uh, you know, what parts I do remember. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All those often central details, whatever they may deemed to be central in, in a child's mind and then uh, no doubt or you know that experience in some way was also formative later on you know in both in both good ways and and maybe in some traumatic ways um I know certainly that was the case for me when I came from Croatia although I was in um at a different age um so so tell me then you know you moved up to Sydney mom and dad um 
put you through, you know, like they would have been relentless in really putting all their energy and effort in uh, making making it not just work for you, but really giving you all a, a better life. Um, and that's that's certainly what they've done um, to whatever degree they could have. So you studied pharmacy, finished, and then worked in the field for how many years? So I worked um, from 1997 through to uh, 2004, Mm. but during that time, one of the things that I always did was I always tutored students. So shortly after Ah. I I finished the HSE, I started tutoring students and, you know, I I enjoyed working with um, students and having those moments where you know, they have this, you know, the students can become very, um, like they're not very confident with what mm. they're doing. And uh, you, you'd be teaching them a new concept and then there'll be that moment where the light bulb moment where they go, aha, I get mm. that. It's not that hard. Or, um, And I, I got a lot of satisfaction out of that. So as you know, even though I was working as a pharmacist, I went back to my old high school and I tutored um, students in the remedial um, classes. And it was like an hour a week um, that I volunteered at the time mm-hmm. there and just um, worked with those students. And um, it was at the end of 2004 when I was pregnant with my first child that I decided, you know, like I'd take a little leave from pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in 2005, I decided to set up a little franchise um, in my tutoring business, and and uh, I, I started tutoring, I guess, as a business mm. from about 2005. Yeah. Mm. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, uh, pharmacy was where you you know, had the strengths, the intellect, the capabilities, but tutoring was where a lot of that passion came through and and where a lot of your heart went into? Yeah, I think that when I was doing retail pharmacy, the biggest thing for me was the connection with people and Mm -hmm. everybody's got a story and it wasn't about, you know, know, uh, the medication that they took, but it's (laughs) taking that time out and getting to know Mm -hmm. that person and knowing their story and knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, about their pets and their grandchildren or, you know, and their journey in life. So I've always been fascinated with that Mm -hmm. and so when I... I guess when I had my own children and, um, you know, and, and seeing, you, you know, once you have children, you become more aware of other children around you. Mm. Um, you know, it was really interesting to see, start seeing the world through their eyes and how every learning opportunity is an exciting one. And um, especially young children, you know, if, they, if, they, if they're determined to walk, mm. it doesn't matter how many times they fall, they will pick themselves up and, 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 and continue to try. So um, I guess once I had my eldest son, I felt that I wanted to provide all the opportunities um, because education was an important part of my life mm. um, when, you know, growing up, um, if anything at all, it's the one thing that my parents have done a very good job of instilling is that, you know, um, work ethic and, and education is um, 
is so important and it doesn't, you know, like for, for my parents, leaving Vietnam, they lost all their money, they lost all their jewellery, they lost, you know, any wealth that they had. But Mm. the one thing that they were able to transport from one country to another Mm. was what the knowledge they had, you know, the the skills that they had um, and what they acquired through learning. And so that's a valuable skill to have. Mm. And um, I... I wanted to um, impart that on my kids as well mm. so that they have a love for learning mm. and that um, their potential um, is explored. Yeah, that's that's amazing, isn't it? Um, that you can lose all those material things but that knowledge, um, when you impart that, you, you really – you really empower, you can really empower somebody. And for you, it was through having your own kids and then being able to do that with um, with young kids. And like you said, to, to be able to see the world through their kids' eyes, you can see then all the opportunities where learning can happen. And I can really, um, yeah, as a mother, I can, I, that really resonates for me. And still to this day where I need to remind myself just to, you know, to be open to learning, just to try and see the world through their eyes. Um, yeah. I mean, that's so beautiful, Naomi, what you're sharing and, and the emphasis on education because really education is the key to so many so many issues in the world, um, so many. Yeah. Um, so tell me then, um, you had kids. Um, well, first of all, yeah. you had one in 2004 and that was yeah. one, but then you went on to have two more kids, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 2005, I had my first son, uh-huh. and then shortly after that, um, you know, I had my second one, and um, I had two miscarriages after mm. my second. So, uh, you know, so I've got, I had two little boys who were um, 22 months apart. Mm. Um, I'm sorry to and, hear that. Yeah, so it was, that was another difficult time as well, because... You know, I went through all the um, process. Like by the time I had two miscarriages after my second one, it was my third miscarriage overall. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as a woman and as a mum, you go through and you think, oh, why is it so hard? I, you know, I really mm-hmm. wanted to have a family. You know, what's what's happening? What's against me? What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of guilt, I guess. You know, as mm-hmm. a mother, and um, so you know. I focused elsewhere and um, I, you know, I was working as a franchisee for an education business and I decided to split off and do my own thing Mm. um, and set up my own tutoring brand. Um, And I continued to do that and shortly after that I fell pregnant with my third, my Mm. little girl. Um, (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) these things always happen. Um, Mm. You know, uh, sometimes things that do... um, you know, happen when they're unplanned. Mm. So I've got three, um, three children, and um, and then in 2017, my my marriage ended quite suddenly. Mm. Um, I knew that um, you know both of us were at a stage where we probably should have addressed a lot of our issues a lot more. But um, uh, but um, in 2017, the, the marriage ended quite suddenly. Um, I was thrown into a world of 
chaos um, mm. to a certain extent because it was um, an area where I was not familiar with um, and or prepared for. So, um, and do you sorry to interrupt you, um, Naomi? Do you mean yes. specifically what you know what that meant in terms of dealing with lawyers, or just generally, you know, what life uh, had, what what happened? Yeah, I guess it wasn't, you know, like um, you know when you get married and you have children and you have a family. Mm. Um, there's sort of like a little picture in your mind mm. what it's supposed to look like, and. I'm a bit of a planner and, you know, I I do like things to have some order or some structure. And so, you know, it wasn't um, how I imagined my family moving forward. And I think mm-hmm. that was the hardest part um, is accepting um, yeah. that, uh, first of all, accepting life as a single parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, to... I reached a point where um, I did try to salvage the marriage and, you know, try to work on it. But, Mm. um, you know, after a little while of like, a you know, after a couple of sessions of counselling and realising that it needs two people or more to make a relationship work, but Mm. if one person decides to walk away, then it wasn't going to work and I needed to um, find the best solutions for to move forward mm. for me mm. um, and for um, our family. Mm. So, um, so that was one part and then the other part was actually um, dealing, having to deal with um, family lawyers mm. um, and the legal system. Um, it wasn't something that, again, you know, I have no experience with and it was very overwhelming because you know like if you're if you're buying a house uh, you look for a conveyancer to do the legal work mm. but when you're when you're um, dealing with a divorce you know you don't know so you just um, go on recommendations for a family lawyer um, and that's what I did um, and you know for a couple of months, uh, until the end of 2017, it was a lot of negotiations back and forth um, with lawyers, with mediators, and I just felt I was just getting swept along a certain path. Mm. And um, you know, it's like when you're stuck on a river and you're just getting pushed downstream, but mm. you're just you're, you're you know treading water. And to not, survive, to, not to mention the finances as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's just, you know, like so you're going, you're treading through the water and just trying to keep it all together. Mm. Um, so um, how, how my separation and divorce played out was that um, the kids didn't see it coming. So I needed to make sure that they were, um, I guess emotionally taken care of, emotionally and mentally stable and for their needs to be met, um, as well as negotiating through the financial aspects and the 
parenting aspects, you know, where the children have to be, you know, where they, they move from house to house. So easing them into that transition. And then on top of all of that, um, mm. I was studying a course at TAFE um, and also running my business. So mm. I had so... I had so many things happening. Um, yeah, wow. You know, yeah, so at the end of 2017, um, I guess I made a conscious effort to, and 2017 was also the year I had to put my dog down, so all these things happened. Mm. So I just in, mentally in my head, I, I just sort of like said, okay. 2018 needs to be a fresh start and um, after months of working with lawyers trying to find, um, trying to settle for parenting and financial matters, um, I spent a lot of money um, mm. for it not to get anywhere. Mm. So I I just, I, I sort of like had a bit of a moment in at the end of 2017 and said, you know, 2018 just has to start mm. afresh. Mm. I need to take more control of my situation. And um, at that particular time, um, you know, I, I couldn't do anything. So I, I couldn't do everything. So I yeah. let go of my course mm. and I let go of the family lawyer and I reassessed what was important for me mm. and, um, and you know, even my business was in a holding pattern. So the most important thing for me at the time and still is today are, are the children's stability. Mm. So I worked on that and I guess worked out a plan moving forward on what was the best outcome for our children. Mm. Um, and, and is that and something, um, let me just ask you more about that, is that something that um, you were able to come to yourself because, you know, uh, I, I imagine that by letting go of a lot of the things like the, the family lawyers, the cause, that you got some clarity on that or did you, I mean, who, who supported you with that, particularly, particularly around kids' stability, you know, knowing how to support them? Yeah, I mean, um I was, I'm very lucky. I've mm. got both my parents near me and I've got two of my sisters mm. around me as well. Yeah. And they were, you know, like without them, I would not be able to be where I am today. Mm. And, um, you know, because during the whole process, you know, I'd get an email from my ex-husband's lawyer or from him or an SMS and it's, you're highly emotionally charged at the time. Mm. So there were times when I, you know, wrote back in red and capital letters and mm. then my sister would read it and say, no, you can't send that, um, you know. And so I, I had people around me who kept me in check. Yeah, and, which is so important, and, um, isn't it? Oh, and it, it's so important because you say a lot of things that are very upsetting at the time because you're emotional. And it was really good that I had my family there who said, you know, this is what, you know, you need to see it for what it is. And mm. and they helped me get a lot of clarity. Mm. Um, and I remember my mum saying, oh, 
you know, I was just, I felt like my whole world was just falling apart around me. And mm. my mum said to me, Naomi, you need to remember that you are the children are in this play. Mm. You are on stage. This is your story. This is your, um, yeah, this is your story for the play. And we are the support crew. Mm. We are your sounds people. We are your, you know, production team and so forth. And she said, you need to let us know how we can help you for you to move your children forward. And by her saying those type of, you know, breaking it down to those type of simple terms, Mm. it just helped me have a visual Mm. and think, okay, I need to put these things into place. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, that's a very powerful analogy when when someone can say it that way. Um, And and also I guess it takes it – because it is such an emotional time, what she was able to do is to remove the emotion and make it very practical, focus on the practical of it, and then you were able to ask for that support. Um, yeah. yeah, they sound like, um, well, you know, they, they, they're speaking from, sounds like they're speaking from lived experience and from that wisdom. To, yes. Yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. like, yeah, yeah, sound like top parents. <laughs> Yeah, my mum. Yeah, my mum is, and she does have amazing. You know, like she'll say certain, she'll put things into context really well, mm. and you know, and I find myself relaying that forward mm. to the yeah. kids. But um, yeah. So, and then in two thousand and eighteen, my daughter had her birthday party, and um, and she said, "Oh, I want to have a superhero party." So I thought, okay, yep, we'll we'll go get this stuff done and, you know, have the cake, blah, 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 and have an entertainer. And then I just thought, well, she's sick. (laughs) This is a fun time for a mother-daughter time. And I've always enjoyed dress-ups. You know, Mm -hmm. we would do um, Christmas dress-up photos Mm. or our Christmas (laughs) photos every year. So I thought she's going to be, you know, little Wonder Woman because that's who she wanted to be. And um, I said, okay, I'll order a costume and I – um, I dressed up as Wonder Woman with her. And it was a bit of a turning moment for me as well because underneath, you know, like having the costume there was a really good visual representation. Mm. And it was uh, it was a little bit of a, a an aha moment for me. And um, and I thought, well, you know, if, if I have to move on forward, mm-hmm. I would like to be my children's Wonder Woman. Um, for them to be able to look at me and say, okay, this is how we move forward with um, the information that we're given to at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. So we had a good, you know, superhero party. I posed with her as Wonder Woman and we had lots of fun that day. But um, from that point, I decided to, you know, I also looked back on pictures of me in my 20s mm. and thought about, oh, what would I advise my 20-year-old mm-hmm. um, and what were some of the things that I did as a 20-year-old that I missed along the way. And um, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to start standing up for what I believe and and being strong in the sense that I will have um, – a little bit more conviction in my belief, you know, and, and move forward um, with that. And 
Um, so I set out and that year I traded in my Corolla for a ute. Mm-hmm. I, I was, love that. <laughs> I went into the dealership and I said to the guy, I'd like a ute. And he just looked at me as if to think, oh, are you a tradie? And I said, no, no. And and I found that that was the most practical car for us. Mm. You can throw everything in the back. And I I don't know why more mums aren't driving around. (laughs) But, um, um, you know, and as I bought the ute and as Mm. soon as we picked it up, Mm. I always wanted to, you know, like when the kids were younger, I used to romanticise if that's the right word, about um, camping, but we never did it as a family. Mm-hmm. So I said, I, will, I, yeah, I think I uh, met some friends along the way who I just ended up camping for the first time, you know, in my 40s. So I thought after I picked up my ute, we went to Anaconda, <laughs> we bought our gazebo, we bought our tent and uh, all these supplies. And uh, we... We had a trial run up at Lane Cove National Park for one night. So I took mm-hmm. the kids out with all our camping stuff. And we camped for one night um, at the Lane Cove National Park. And then after that, in October, I took the kids to their first camping trip with some friends. Mm. And, um, you know, we led, you know, when we were, when I was married, we led, a, a you know, a very privileged life, I would say, you know. But, um, so we, you know, we did make trips overseas and um, we did travel and that, you know, life as a single parent would be different. So Mm. I explained that to the children and I said, you know, we probably won't be able to go overseas a lot, but these are the type of trips that I'd really like for you to get involved with. Mm. And the kids looked at me and they said, you know, mum, this is the best holiday we've ever had. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. And, I, you know, and that was just a moment for me because mm. I just thought, here I am thinking that kids need all these worldly experiences and, you know, but mm. at the end of the day, they just needed this time with groups of family and friends where they could run around and play in dirt and mm. swim in the river. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, gosh, from the Wonder Woman costume. I mean, that is really interesting, isn't it? Playful and looking at how can I use this to really um, mark a change to, to create a shift in, in, you know, in your, in your beliefs, as you said. And then with the youth, because, yeah, what we do symbolically has an impact on our sub- subconscious and what we believe in. That's brilliant. Yeah. That really is brilliant, Naomi. So, yeah, so 2018 um, ended up being a little bit of a better year. Yeah, I'm glad Um, to hear that. Yeah, and so then I met some inspirational women along the way. I joined the Inner West Singles Mum Facebook groups and Mm -hmm. I met some wonderful people. And um, I decided to end up, you know, like negotiating my divorce settlement my own. Mm. Um, I met... Um, this wonderful lady and she said to me, Naomi, if you've got to get things done, sometimes you do have to go through the court system. Mm. It's a horrible experience, but sometimes that's the only way to get things started and going. So after many failed attempts at mediation, I had very little choice, but I ended up having to file for court. Mm. 
And it was a scary experience because I don't have a legal background. I have no knowledge of the family law or anything, but um, I ended up surrounding myself. I ended up getting myself some consultant lawyers mm. who you know, I recommend highly to my clients now. Um, and I went through, I set up a support group for women um, and we would meet once a month at my business um, on a Sunday afternoon and we'd spend two hours and the first hour we would try to get a, a guest speaker in and um, and they would, you know, it would be a family lawyer, a motivational speaker, mm. um, you know, somebody who helped us with meditation and there was one session we ended up writing a letter it was an exercise to write to your letter to your ex, and then at the end of it, you know, it tearing it up, and you know, or if we wanted to, we could take mm-hmm. it home and burn it, so mm-hmm. that it was letting go yeah. parts, you know, of that of that those emotions. Um, and I made some wonderful friends, and you know, these ladies are have become my family as well, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, through that process, I learned the different parts of the court process, mm. um, the parent, how to navigate the parenting side and how to navigate the financial side. Um, and, you know, like in all systems, I suppose there's always going to be uh, situations where the, um, the ruling is not in your favour. Mm. Um, and, you know, and there were, um, you know, things that were decided unfairly and I looked at the whole situation um, with the women that we were supporting each other and we sort of like saw that there were definitely a framework that we needed to work within in order to um, figure out what is it that we want as an outcome for our children and our family moving forward. Mm. So every, every case is individual. Um, and, um, we found a common theme, you know, and the common theme was the best interest of the kids Mm. and, and, and seeing what is, what is it that you want, you know, um, your new family to look like and how that was going to, um, how that was going to move forward and, and, um, and and working out what was the best way to um, negotiate that. Mm. And what I found was that a lot of the women that we I supported um, didn't have family, and so they weren't. They didn't have somebody to bounce off like I did. Mm. Um, or they didn't, or if they did have family, they didn't have families who had experience with people who were divorced. So this common theme brought us all together, and we supported each other. And because we were at different stages, we could say, "Okay, um, I understand what you're saying. I feel what you're going through." And a lot of the times, people do need to feel heard and acknowledging their feelings. And that's one of the things that you know, um, you really can only understand if you've gone through it. So we had a lot of, I guess, validation in our own feelings of what we were going through, the struggles we were dealing with. 
Um, and then for those of us who were a little bit further in the journey, you know, we were able to help the new ladies going through the um, new at the separation, going through the process and going, accepting those feelings and seeing how we can channel a lot of the feelings into positivity rather than negative. Mm. And once we started doing more of that and talking through the process, and we had a lot of trust with all of us as well, um, talking through that, we were able to say, yes, I get your feeling that way. Mm-hmm. but let's bench that feeling and you can vent out all you want, but this is how we need to structure your mm. email, mm. you know, or this is how you need to structure your SMS to get your point across. Yeah. And a lot of times in emails and in, in SMSs, it, in order to get a better negotiation point, um, the emotions have to be removed. Mm. And that's and that's it's the hardest thing, isn't it? Especially when you're going through it. When you're, you're, yeah. yeah, when you're going through it, you're you're you know you have to prepare affidavits, you have mm. to prepare for court appearances, all that stuff. And there's a lot of um, peaks and troughs with um, emotions, mm. and and um, it was important just to help regulate that yeah. and to. Be clear about what we wanted to get across. Yeah, what a powerful um, process to be able to take these women who are so vulnerable at such a time, Naomi. Yeah, and it's it's been amazing because you know we really cherish each other's um, friendships. Mm. We respect each other's opinions. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, we've been able to form a really safe space mm. for each of us to say what we really think yeah. and how we really feel and there is no judgment mm. um, and um, and we can be really honest with each other and sometimes being honest with each other is hard mm-hmm. mm. but um, if you're in a safe space, I think it makes a, a big difference because those people, uh, you know, giving you the advice, are giving you the advice with love yeah yeah wow what yeah. a gift um what and what a journey you know as as we reflect to um what you've gone through and and how you've um learned navigated and certainly grown through your own challenging journey of going through the divorce and you know trying to ensure that the kids are stable now you're able to support these women who are such a at such a vulnerable time and place in their life um mm. so what i want to ask you is um you know you, you've shared so much already but in terms of as you reflect on that journey what are you continuing to learn about yourself and and and, and yeah in terms of what you've gone through um the, the things that I've learned about myself is that um, I've I've always been fairly resourceful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember, and this is sort of like something that goes back to when I was about ten and growing up. And I remember saying to, and I went to a Catholic primary school, and we had the winter uniform and the summer uniform. And the and uh, during that time, we had this blue T-shirt, mm-hmm. 
and um, you know, and in winter you had a blue skivvy to wear. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you would recall that you know my parents didn't have any money coming over to Australia, and um, so my parents couldn't afford you know winter uniform, summer uniform, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I said to I remember saying to my mum one day I said look. The, the skivvy costs X amount of money and we really can't afford it at the moment, but I've got an idea. Um, let's make just the collar part of the skivvy and I can always pop it onto the blue T-shirt and I can wear it underneath my winter uniform and it will look like a skivvy. Oh, wow. The only thing was Brilliant. I needed to wear the jumper all day because <laughs> if I took off the jumper, it was obvious yes. it was going to be a T-shirt. So mum thought it was a great idea and we did that and I pulled it off for a couple of winters until we actually had enough money to mm. buy it. But I remember, you know, just taking it back to that point when I was 10 and I offered her that solution mm. that for me, um, I, I will reach a certain point and I will like to problem solve and I like and I, I love bringing people together and I love connecting people um, and um, so I'm, I'm fairly resourceful mm-hmm. um, you know and that's the thing that I've learned about me and I I want to continue that journey where I use that mm-hmm. um, I guess that um, skill and uh, to help people moving forward and that's one of the things that I always enjoyed uh, you know one of the uh, I guess the the joys I had as a pharmacist was the fact that I could help people mm. I you know I listen to their story and connect with them and help them you know whether um, with their health wise but now it's a different type of yeah. connection and it's a different type of assistance yeah. so incredible yes yeah, so that's, yeah. That's what I've learned about myself. And tell me, um, um, just as we um, continue our conversation, then um, you've already shared so much in terms of women going through, you know, what it's what it's like for women going through um, divorce, especially when it's not amicable. What are some key messages that you would like to share, uh, particularly with, with women going through something, but also just, you know, generally? Yeah, generally, I think, you know, like as you become a mum, you know, the decisions on whether you want to have a natural birth or a caesarean (laughs) or a water birth, you know, you Mm. get criticised. There's always newspaper articles about, Mm. you know, those things. Um, Breastfeeding versus bottle feeding. Um, (laughs) Staying at home mums, going to work mums, and there's always that guilt. So um, I've always, you know, I've had three caesareans, I just said I was too chicken to push out my babies. <laughs> so, I, 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 you know, you can say whatever you want. I really don't care. But at the end of the day, I think you need to be true to yourself. Yeah. You know, you need to be true to yourself. You need to make the de- decision that's best for you at mm-hmm. the time with the information that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, nurture your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um one of the key things that I've learned um, after going through my divorce is, you know, for you to have your own independence and to always keep your to have yourself in check. Mm. Um, I think that you know, you, as, when you become a wife or when you become a partner, you take on that role. You take on other few people's feelings. Um, when you have your children, you start looking out for their needs. That sometimes your needs are. 
um, neglected. So key messages I would say for women and for my daughter moving forward is, you know, to look after yourself, be true to your um, your beliefs and um, have your own bank account. Mm. <laughs> that was the other thing. You know, just put your financial independence. Yeah. Um, there's certain things that you just need to keep to your, yourself and, you know, it's, it's about um, your health, your mental health, your physical health, um, and keeping all that healthy for yourself mm. um, before you can look after other people. So those are the things that I would, mm. I would say to, yeah. you know, to my 20-year-old self. And, and Naomi, I, my, my deepest sense is that we – as women in the in the age category that we are now, say you and I, but also, yep. you know, women ahead of us, women who have gone ahead of us have paid way for us to, to learn that, you know, for yes. you and I to continue to learn that um, and for, for us to then pave way for women before us to help to set that example because we learn from each other. That it's it's like essential. This is we that this is a non-negotiable. Looking after ourselves, um, moving on, you know, from here on, knowing what we know now, um, yes. it's a disservice to not to to ourselves, to partners, whether we have them or not, to our family, kids, of course. Yes. Um, so so then, given what you just shared, tell me about your vision for your life here. What do you want to see happen? What difference do you want to make? Uh, I guess the difference that I want to make and, you know, with the business that I have is that and not to be only supporting women but to support men and women going through, the, you know, the, the different stages of their life and whether it be through separation, post-separation. But, you know, helping them identify their, um, their strengths and um, what they have to offer. Um, moving forward, you know, I think that that's uh, to be clear about, you know, like I guess when you're setting up a company, you're always clear about the vision of your company. Mm. But um, but you you know, along the way, we we lose ourselves, and yeah. and I, I guess for me, it's about keeping myself in check mm. and those around me in check about what our goals are and to stay true to our goals and being able to find support networks that can actually, you know, finding your village to support what you're after. And I think that, you know, in this day and age where we have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all sorts of stuff where it's making the world so much smaller, but we're actually having less connections with people. Yeah. And so I'd really like for for people to connect more on a personal, you know, um, from, you know, and to just, um, yeah, so that's mainly, you know, to, to keep true to your authentic self. Thank you. Thank you, Naomi. Um, and thank you for the work that you now continue to do and focus and you will and the impact that you will make in the lives of others. Um, I have learned so much from not just today's conversation, but yes, even today's, um, from the conversations that we've had so far uh, about your journey, about um, 
about marriage, children, relationships, um, the court system particularly, and how soul destroying it can be, which is which is quite disheartening. I've you know I've certainly been aware of that from my yeah. own clients, but um, to hear it from you as well and how you know how you're helping women through that is really heartwarming. So yeah. thank you so much for your time. Now, just before we go, um, how can yeah. um, our listeners learn more about you? What's the best way to find out a little bit more about what you do or get in contact with you? Yeah, so at the moment, um, you know, like I've um, – at the moment I've only been sort of like easing into um, taking on clients mm. and so I'm still at the early stages of um, setting up um, the divorce, I guess, you know, with divorce strategy coaching business. Mm. Um, uh, so, you know, people can reach me on Facebook um, yeah. or the other thing is they can actually, um, yeah, my Facebook is probably the best one at the moment. Um, I'm, you know, I'm out in a lot of the forums and at the moment my business is purely by referral. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't, I haven't openly advertised it at, at the moment, but um, if they wanted to contact me directly, um, they can as well. Um, do I? Am I? Can I give a, an email over? Yeah, sure, online? you can. If that, yeah. yeah, if you're happy with that, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So it's just um, to contact me directly. It's divorce coach. 2020 at gmail.com um, and I will be able to hopefully advise them on you know whatever stage they're going through the divorce whether mm. it's pre-separation during the separation during the court process mm. or even post-separation once they've got the settlement what they what they need to do afterwards mm. um, and, and I can I can if I can't help them um, I would um, be able to point them in the right direction of um, people who can. Um, so it is an overwhelming process, and uh, there isn't an an instruction manual. Mm. Um, but um, you know, sometimes they need that face to face and that uh, people interaction just to help them through the process. So that's what we can do. Wonderful, thank you. I will put your details in the in the notes of the of, of this episode. Um, Naomi, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations. Empowered Conversations.